Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Just hanging in there. Seems like I'm just getting by today. So far, March in the Northeast has been looking better than most of January and February. And the main topic is about my trip, my family's trip to Greek Peak in Cortland, New York. Nice. I will get details as to how and why we ended up there at the main topic in our discussion. So hopefully you'll want to stick around and check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, untapped at Ski Bum Podcast. We are on Patreon. Did you know that? Patreon. We're getting patrons, which is so cool. So thank you so much to our patrons. You can go there, patreon.com slash Ski Bum Podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on your favorite podcasting apps. Please go there, rate and subscribe. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Parasia. We yeah. talk with them all the time. We love them. Their stuff is great. They're all about the premium cold weather solutions. Their mission is to create best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment, designed with thoughtful features and fit, and always providing the optimum level of performance for whatever you are doing. They fully believe in the idea that good products can always be made better and strive to constantly improve, refine, and optimize all facets of their products. Go to their website, terracea.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. Use the code TERRACEABUM, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M for 15% off. Thank you so much, Terracea. We greatly appreciate it. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. Today I took a blast from the past, decided I saw something in the fridge. I'm like, let me go for that today. Did have some cool drinks over the weekend, but we were going to podcast and then that got kind of messed up. It was just a, kind of a crazy weekend. So You almost got good pizza too. Uh, there was a lot of almost, but. Well, you were in the almost state. Let's be honest, folks. Connecticut, if you're uh, one of our friends in Connecticut, let's be honest, man. It's the almost state. Like, you're almost New York City. You're almost in Vermont. Like, you're almost a lot of things. Just kind of almost. Just kind of you know? there. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually had, uh, have you ever had Juice Box Hero? Juice Box Hero? I don't think so. It's an IPA from, where is it? Central Coast Fairfield Craft Ales. And it was really good. I actually bought a four pack. I drank two of them. And then plans changed. Didn't do the podcast. Had to head to the airport. Drank one in the car. That was it. Um, it was really good. I wish I, I wish I could have had that on my, as my upright, but it just did not happen. So what is it? Uh, Juice Box Hero? Juice Box Hero by Fairfield Craft Ales. Huh. Um, it was really good. Uh, I got to say, it was, I had a sip of sunshine and then I had that after. And it definitely wasn't as hoppy. Um, it was more alcohol, less hoppy, tasted lighter than the sip of sunshine. And it was delicious. I was very surprised. Okay. Um, 
So that was my opera that I was going to have when we were going to podcast. Um, but my opera today is Mike's Hard Mango. That's what I got. Oh, that is a pretty drastic left turn. It's a, it's a big here. turn. So, yeah, big, big drastic turn. But that's what I'm doing. You know, it's a it's light. It's a Monday. So I figured why not just do something. So I could wake up for work tomorrow. Um, but yeah, what ha- what's happening to us? What's happening to us? We used to be so cool. But that is what Opry is. You know, Opry is like what hits the spot for you. You know, sometimes 100%. it's a bourbon. Sometimes you had a rough day. It's a little gin and, gin and juice. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, juice box here. Or sometimes it's just a nice Mike's hard. Y'all, that know. works for you. You know, it's funny. Like when we, uh, when I was... Uh, skiing a few weeks ago with our buddy Rich from All About Apri. We were up at uh, Jack Frost. And we, you know, we got there right when the place opened. We hit it hard for a few hours. It was so cool. We had to stop in and warm up. Nice. And Rich is a, Rich is like, he's all about the Apri. That's, you know, that's his jam. Yeah. But we were skiing hard and, and he went for the Bloody Mary. Yeah. It's probably like, you know, it was getting close to lunchtime. And I just, I don't, I don't do the Bloody Mary. I just, not it's not my guy. thing. Nope. I can't. I can't do it. The tomato stuff, I just <laughs> can't do it. So <laughs> I had a beer because we're going to go out and do a few more runs. And I didn't really want a beer. And after I had my first couple sips, I regretted my decision because I was because it was a cold day. I think it was like 24 maybe degrees out. It was cold. Because, again, I haven't been doing my apre thing as much. If I had been on my game, I would have said Irish coffee. Irish coffee. Irish coffee. Always is Irish coffee. Best is the best before noon drink you can have when you're skiing. Oh yeah. But you know what? My brain wasn't there. I was you up at five thinking. in the morning. I drove, you know, we drove two hours to go to Jack Frost. Like I just my brain, like the thing, the synapses weren't there. So that's yeah. that's like I have a full translation system. Cause it's funny, because I was with him out in Ellicottville a few years ago, and that was the formula. He ordered a Bloody Mary. I ordered an Irish coffee. Everything was cool. But See, you know what? You got to have your, your, your go-to. You gotta long have your COVID list. is melting my brain. That's what it is. I forgot. I forgot. <clears throat> it's long COVID affecting your ability to order a, a proper operate drink. Or maybe I'm just not drinking as much. One or the other. Or both. I don't know. Yeah. Things are, know. Things are amiss at the Circle K. That's all I know. That's yeah. all I know. But anyway, my apre and... Again, I'm going to be a bit of a poser here. I'm going to pretend I'm drinking it. I'm not actually drinking it because it's Monday. And again, I got to, this week got is going to be do. banana, banana rama. It's yeah. going to be good, but it's going to be banana rama. Because it's actually going to snow here. Right? Norether. Gee, I can't see. I'm getting all like worked up. A norether. A norether. A norether is coming. <laughs> I'm thinking about Ethereum because like, you know, crypto is, <laughs> is popping because banks are all collapsing. And everyone's going to be using Bitcoin now. The apocalypse that they had in, uh, Mr. Robot, season one, may be playing out. We don't know. Who knows? There you go. You never know. <clears throat> anyway, Nor'easter is hitting. And there actually is going to be snow in the Catskills. And if you did see when Rich and I were at Jack Frost, we did actually pray for Pow. We had a little prayer ceremony. He posted it on Instagram. I think I reposted it. We prayed nice. for Pow. We drank the Pray for Pow beer from 10 Barrel Brewing. And snow has been coming pretty consistent in this area since then so huh. you're welcome if, if you do believe 
can I get an amen? <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about Greek Peak in the main topic today. And I love drinking local. That's my big thing. You know, wherever I go, like I'm not like I know a guy. He's a he's sort of family. This guy drinks Coors Light all the time, everywhere. That's he's it. it. That's his deal. He's he was jam. he was in Bermuda. He found the last two cans of Coors Light on the island. Like he's wow. that guy. His his wow. cat. Their cat is named Coors. Like Whew. dedication to the game. Silver bullet or nothing. Wow. Yeah. All in. More than all in. Like. All you see, the good part of that is you don't have to worry. Which fruity beer am I going to have today? No, it's the same damn Can thing. I see the beer Coors menu, Light. please? Like my ass does. You're not <laughs> checking untapped. Be like, this is a 3.94 <laughs> and this is a 3.95. I don't know which one to order. None of that nonsense. And then you get a sample. And then you bother the guy for like five samples to see which beer you actually want to have. That's right. The silver bullet train's coming in. Like it's simple. Like, I, you know what? I greatly respect that. He knows what he likes. He gets after Growing it. up, my dad was a Budweiser guy. Not Bud Light, not Michelob, fucking Budweiser. That's it. Like there was no question. You didn't have to even ask him. He's going to have Walk Budweiser. In the store, you know what you're picking up. There's no mystery. There's, you're not spending 27 minutes looking at the beer fridge yeah. trying to figure things out going in the beer cave yeah trying you know, to check online see oh who's carrying my budweiser like i gotta see like where where is that <laughs> pretty much any place that sells liquor <laughs> is gonna have your budweiser it's just boom. there right boom so Something i'm there for that i'm all about drinking local what do you got local there finger lakes gorges of central new york what do you got so we're up there and because one of the things i always look forward to is what kind of local beers are we gonna have we got up there I got something that I had before because, you know, we spent a decent amount of time in the kind of more the eastern Hudson Valley area. And this is a little further towards the Finger Lakes, uh, Cortland, where Greek Peak was. Mm. But at the hotel we stayed at, we were staying at the nice, um, what's it called? The Lake, I think called Lake Something Lodge, right at Greek Peak. The mm. Hope Lake Lodge. I'll talk about more later, too. They had a little gift shop, Starbucks-y kind of breakfast sandwich thing in the hotel and we got we checked in after the place closed because one of those places that closes at like one o'clock you know mm. it's open from like seven to one so i couldn't go in there to get anything the night before which would be great to have in the room didn't do that but the next morning eight o'clock it was open got breakfast sandwiches it's like hey do you guys can i buy beer now they're like of course you can I'm like okay great so i picked up why from wouldn't good- you buy beer at eight in the morning it's we're in central new york what else america. Do do? It's america. Right. so this beer was actually specifically made for greek peak which mm. i always think is super super cool i love when the when they make a beer just for the mountain so this is from the good folks at myers creek brewing company mm. and it is called earn your turns nice I like the can yeah, it's a New England style IPA. It's cool. So they have like the Greek Peak logo and the tracks pub and mm. grill. That's like the main spot there when you get to the bottom in the lodge, which I will of course talk about more later because we ate there too. Had to. Where else are you gonna go? It's the only spot there. Meyer Creek, earn your turns. I'm gonna pretend I'm drinking it right now. Mm. I will say I have had a couple of them. I got a four pack. Really solid IPA. I mean, nice. you know, it's not. It's not anything that's super unique, but it is definitely the hazy, creamy New England style IPA, which I was at Cane Brewing. They opened a new tasting room last weekend. I dropped my son off for a birthday party. I could have driven home, 
hung out with my family. But no, I went to the brewery instead. Posted a picture on Instagram. What kind of beer was it? New England style IPA. Brian, you're so predictable. I guess I'm like the Coors guy, but of New England style IPAs. I like what I like. That's still look at a tasting menu. That's the problem. Dude, I gotta tell you, again, <laughs> when I was up with Rich, that 10 barrel brewing, I think it's a stout. It's not a porter. I think it was a stout. I gotta tell you, man, I was like, wow, I forgot how good this style of beer is, like when it's cold out. And I started going through like my fridge. Because I have all these bizarre, weird, old beers that are just in there. Dude, I still have a couple of the um, Hill Farmsteads that we got. Nice. Like Twilight, I think, was one of the ones. It's, I think it's an aged porter or something. Do barely. you know what year they are from? <laughs> back when I had a life. Back when I could go and just go drive three hours to get beer. Dude, that one time when you just drove yeah. from the ski house. Like, I'm just driving up to Hill Farmstead to buy beer. Did it. Like, what Just a boss. Did. That was a chat-ass move right there. You guys all came in. And you're like, hey, Mary, what would you do today? I'm like, nothing other than get Hill Farmstead. You're like, I don't know. Look at this table of all these growlers <laughs> of beer that I got. You guys are like, what? I'm like, yep, went to Hill Farmstead. Working got up early. There was nothing beer. to do. Yeah. Working remote. Didn't you stop at, like, the pizza place and, like, work there for, like, 10 minutes? I did. The last I place where there's emails. <laughs> had to yell at some people on the phone. It was all good. See? It's all work. Yeah, this was a sal- This was a really, really good beer. So nice. I love the can too. Guy Myers up the mountain. M E I R, not M E Y R. That's right. Come on, have some respect. M E I E R S Creek Brewing, Myers Creek. My good stuff. But if you're in the Greek Peak area, Cortland, New York, pick up a four pack. You will enjoy it. If you like IPAs, nice. Otherwise, don't go get some cores. Yeah, or a um, Bloody Mary. Or a Caesar. With a, with a scrimp and a piece of bacon on it. Or, or a Caesar. The Caesar just has clamato juice, right? That's the difference. Dude, all that stuff sounds disgusting. I can't even tell you. Tomatoes and clams. Like, I don't want that in my drink. Sorry. Think of the idea of clam juice. Clam juice. Juice of, like, clam juice. Like, you grind up clams, and that's what you're drinking. It's kind of gross when you think about it that way. It's vile. Cup of clam chowder, I am in. Yeah. Drinking a ju- clam juice and tomatoes? Like, no thanks. It's clam juice. Just mm, uh, yummy. Can't make it happen. That's yummy. Can't make it happen. Let's go to ski news. And big news. We've been building up the hype as everybody else has for the last couple of months. Michaela, she has finally done it. She has broken the record for the most alpine skiing World Cup victories congratulations to michaela she got number 87 this past yeah. saturday that's awesome she she surpassed ingemar stenmark's previous record for career wins that was set uh in 1989 schifrin tied the record friday after breaking it saturday to become the winningest alpine skier in history if she stays healthy and keeps racing and doesn't get pregnant she could top 100 world cup wins by the end of her career she has three more races at next week's World Cup Finals. The victory came 12 days to the day after Schifrin's first World Cup race in the Czech Republic at age 15. Wow. She won her first World Cup race at 17 at the same place in Sweden where she set the record on Saturday. How cool is that? Because cool. Ingemar Stenmark was from Sweden. Her first victory was in Sweden, and she breaks the record in Sweden. 
Um, pretty, pretty text, pretty, uh, you know, storybook story really there for her. Pretty sweet. Yeah. So she's made the podium at the world cup 136 times, more than half of the times she has raced. Wow. That is bananas. That's impressive. It's super impressive. Yeah. And there's another story here. We don't actually have it as part of our story, but I saw that she got a new coach. Last time we talked, she talked about she fired her coach. She's got a new coach, new org charts coming out for team Michaela. Big fan of work charts. Congrats, Michaela. Awesome news. And uh, we'll see how many she gets. Who knows? I don't know. I kind of hope she like doesn't get any more victories and gets pregnant. Starts having like super ski babies. And then she's going to have to come back after the pregnancy, though. Then it'll be the comeback. The comeback. Or, you know, she could just get really like we talked about last time. She could just go all barilla all summer, just partying out and just. That's right. I wonder if she could get pregnant and win another World Cup with a baby with being pregnant. To set another record of the most wins by a pregnant person. Ooh. But then, would there be an asterisk? Because then her child, what if her child goes on to break her record? Would the victories while Michaela was pregnant count as part of their victory, too? I think that would count as a tandem tandem win. Like doubles tennis? Double, it's like double slalom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the bobsled? I got the, pre, the, the pre-birth, like victory for her son or daughter uh, you can't just give it to her she's got to yeah, give it's got to be an asterisk that'd be pretty amazing yeah. like, well technically that baby is a world cup champ as well that's what i'm talking about right you've already got a couple w's like two months old and you already got a w impressive <laughs> yeah right <laughs> on a total of separate note i watched that facing nolan documentary about nolan ryan on netflix yeah they said did. that based on the way they measure pitch speed now he was throwing at 108 miles an hour back then in like wow. the 70s damn it's not bananas yeah it's bananas. bananas things and he never won a Cy Young crazy huh what are you gonna do total Very funny the way they they rate pitches now he would have thrown 135 <laughs> well it, it's well it's funny he was throwing like 190 pitches a game yeah and like now they pull him out at like 90 pitches and I don't. I don't even follow baseball anymore. It's just such a. I don't know. It's just I don't find it interesting anymore. But I like documentaries about old baseball. I don't know what that's about me, but I watched it and it was cool. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, something to do, right? When you're drinking, right? It's a, that's why it's a great sport. That's why soccer is so popular. That's my belief. Is that with, so, with soccer the is becoming uh, last week? Oh, did you weekend before? <laughs> The only reason I think base, or soccer has become popular in the U.S. is because you can drink and play on your phone while you're watching it. Like 90% of the time, you don't have to pay attention. Exactly. You just wait right? for the replay after the goal. After you hear all the commotion, you're like, oh, I can see the replay. It's like, oh, you're in that middle part? Like, I'll just be on my phone or drinking. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, did you miss it? Okay, wait a minute. Here's the replay. Boom. So here, like, you oh, you're like, I'm going to look. Nothing? Okay. Back on my phone and drinking. Back on the phone. Now I went to a spring training game and it is so people just doing other stuff, having conversations. It's like nobody's paying attention to the game. Remember like the guy who like kept score. Yeah. You know, like yeah. The, you know, like the special notebook with like the little, you know, you got like draw the little things and keep an X's. actual score. Like, why would you do that? I'm, I'm sure because, there's a website that keeps it for you right because now. Because you've never had sex and that's still exciting for you. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work for a lot of nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that's just me. If you like it, 
God bless you. You do you. You do you. That's right. If you pass the time a little bit happier, then it's it's all good. As a wise woman once said, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Boom. Cheryl Crow. She's so wise. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to next story is Killington receives key approval for new ski village. And I think this is probably like, <laughs> they could I'm jaded. This rehash is probably, the story every like three years. This is the story that keeps getting updated. Like every, every year for the last 20, right? Like, yep. Uh, so Sam magazine, no idea what that is. Maybe it's a Killington local. It's ski area management. Good, sir. Yeah. Whatever. Wh- whatever is it of the mountain resort industry. They're, they're shilling these lies now too. I want to see <laughs> this happen. Um, so March 8th, 2023, Killington Mountain Resort will move ahead with plans to build a new ski village again with 1,500 residences, including workforce housing, after Killington Town voters approved phase one of the infrastructure and development project on Vermont's town meeting day, March 7th. The vote allows Every for- Every town in Vermont meets March 7th. March 7th. The day. Uh, vote- allows for $47 million in infrastructure improvements to be funded through tax increment financing. So they're saying this is a huge win. The GM, Mike Solomano, came out, said they've been want, you know, they wanted a ski village for a long time and now they're able to move forward with it. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm always jaded because they've been talking about this for ages. Uh, I think when we were going up there, People were talking like, oh, yeah, any any day, like next year, they're going to have the village. They're going to start the village. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then yeah. I think they even went so far as having like, you know, the artist rendering of what a village could look like or would look like. And yeah. You know, what's so funny is you're saying that. And I'm just thinking last time I was there, there was outside. They had like another version of it. They're like, this is behold, the village coming soon. Maybe sort of. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen architectural renderings probably for about the last eight years I've seen blueprints we've seen everything yeah <laughs> yeah so we'll see um they're saying there's a, a real estate development company great gulf corp a toronto-based real estate development company is going to develop the six peaks village the project dubbed the killington forward initiative to both improve the resort guest experience and create assets for the community. And among those assets will be a new new municipal water lines and a redesigned and reconstructed Killington Road. Yeah, and I think that was one of the big pieces of it was the municipal water. Yeah. Because they say that the Killington currently lacks municipal water and businesses and residences often treat or bring in bottled water due to PFOAs in some well water. So new municipal water lines will bring clean water to the elementary school, businesses along Killington's primary access road, and to the future Six Peaks Village. Hmm. Wow. But yeah, and then they're talking about the road. I know the road was, they've been fighting back and forth on that thing too, forever. Yeah. Yeah, with the road... The project includes the installation of a multi-use path, sidewalks, pull-off for buses, a roundabout at the East Mountain Road and Killington Road intersection, and the elimination of unsafe grades at the base of the road. The reconstruction of Killington Road will take place in four phases over a six-year period. Construction of the first phase will commence this summer. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's this seems to be another big step in that direction. 
Well, the funniest thing is you'll be able to know if it's if the construction started because you'll probably see a rat, a big, gigantic, inflatable rat alongside the road. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, if you're not familiar with that, is that like like a New York City thing? Like a it's New, York- New York City, New Jersey thing? Because like if you don't have thing, right? union labor, they yeah. put the big rat up there, and they they consider all the workers rats. Eh. It's just hilarious. The union rat. Yeah. Now I wonder. I mean, this this seems like. I mean, no, every idiot who's been following this has been like, "Oh, this is the time it's going to actually happen." But this really is like coming. It could be legit. Now, my question is. What's the move? Say you want to get a property in Killington. You know, you're kind of, you, you wrote out the, the COVID already. lockdown. You didn't get anything. Do you go, hey, I'm going to buy something in the village? Or do you go, hey, I'm going to wait six months, 18 months and get something that's already existing? Do those values go down? Or do those values of the other places stay where they are? So way back when we were doing the share house, I remember... I heard several people talking about this on several occasions, and there's a mixed bag. Some people are like, we don't like the whole new village because it's going to screw our rentals that we have and the value of our condo that we have that's not too far away. And other people are like, oh, it's going to be great for my place. So I guess it depends what piece of land and and what you have. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point I wanted to make, too, is that perhaps you have something that, you know, like the, the share house was in Pinnacle. And Pinnacle, yeah. that's still, you know, they're not moving the mountain further away. So Pinnacle is still in an absolutely epic spot. And to the point of the people, obviously, the first thought is all these places are going to lose value because the new places are going in. How much are the new ones going to be? Are they going to build a bunch of cheap, affordable places in the new village? Mm, pretty much not. Yes, they're going to have the, the place for the employees, which is great, which is absolutely critical. Yeah. But I guarantee you everything else is going to be completely unaffordable. A lot of people are going to buy them and rent them out. What if you're still looking for a, a affordable place yeah. in the Killington area? Those existing places are going to be the places you're going to look to. They're, yeah. going to. they're going to be probably more valuable because, again, people aren't going to want the crazy expensive new place. They're going to want something they could actually pay for and are affordable. Right. And you're probably going to have six years before anything gets built there anyway. So decide between now and then. So this is your move. So this is the move right now. You buy one Bitcoin. Whatever that Bitcoin is worth, you put that as a deposit on your Killington property. What will that Bitcoin be worth in six years? Yeah. Will it pay for the whole property? Could be 200 grand. This is not financial advice by any stretch of the imagination. But if, well, if you you're a banker giving financial advice, I don't think I would follow that either. So I am it's a, just as good. I'm a podcaster in a basement, as yeah. we can see. Just as valid as a banker at this point. Dude, what what is an expert anymore? <laughs> what is an expert anymore? Exactly. There's no Experts, such thing. Yeah. No one's an expert. Everyone's an amateur. This is all just a dream. But what this is, is an nonsense. expert? An expert is just somebody that everybody agrees has authority in that in that area doesn't mean that you have credentials but look at what's happening in colleges you can't even argue with someone now because someone is so locked into an idea an ideology that they've based their professional life their almost their identity on having that opinion and if new evidence comes in they will not change 
because that would make them look foolish over a certain period of time. That's happened a lot in anthropology, geology, you know, people who are like, oh, well, you know, Big Bang and Egypt, like they, there's, I'm totally butchering this because I was listening to it on a Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast, but there's all these, this new evidence coming out. And a lot of these people who have been the kind of the go-to scholars. Yeah. The scholars on this for the last 50 years, they will not acknowledge new information coming in, not right. like new evidence. They will not acknowledge it because it would ruin their reputation. Exactly. Isn't that the most like amateur, like little girl kind of belief like exists? Like, do you, you really don't care about the truth. All you care about is your paycheck and your ego. Exactly. That their life, their livelihood is built on that. Yeah. That was a total tangent. I don't know how we got there, but we did. I'm just saying, if you, if you wanted to be a silly goose, this is what I'm telling you to do. Not financial advice. I'm an idiot. I'm in a basement in Jersey. Look at me. Buy one Bitcoin now. Say you're going to buy a place in Killington in that village. See how long it takes. Use that one Bitcoin. It'll pay for your whole goddamn condo. They should have like a buy one, get one Bitcoin day. Imagine that. That'd be great. Back in like 2011, I think 10 or 11, when Bitcoin was first um, trying to become a thing, they had a website called the Bitcoin Faucet. And at that time, I think it was 500 Bitcoin were created every 10 minutes. Now it's down to six and a quarter. Mm. I think it was, was it 500? Maybe it was a little bit. Maybe it was 250 at that point. But they had a faucet. You go to the website and they're like, hey, here's 250 Bitcoin. Enjoy. Play Boom. with it. Learn about it. You know? Boom. Like, you know just you can think do about that it. now. It's like, hey, here's what's that? Here's, do the math. What is it? Five million dollars? Here's five million bucks. Just damn. hold on to it for just be cool for ten years. Like damn. Could Imagine you do you that. Buy it and just forgot about it and all of a sudden, hey, look at that. Well, there was a story of the guy who had all that Bitcoin on that hard drive. I think it was what twenty thousand Bitcoin or ten thousand Bitcoin, and he lost it. Like he lost the hard drive. He Dang. finally found it. But he forgot the password. He's got ah. eight out of ten attempts. He's he's missed it so far. Damn. You just—that's the beauty of life, man. You just don't know. That's Craziness. why it's exciting every day. Go out there, go ski, have fun. It's like when the internet was first coming out. I remember. I signed up for like alerts from TravelZoo and they gave me like some shares and I forgot about it. And you know how you check the, you know, do you have any money, hidden money that you never claimed? Oh yeah. So I got this letter and like, well, I checked up on it and then I wrote to it. They're like, yeah, you have some, some stock in TravelZoo. I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) I didn't realize it was worth like 200 bucks. I was like, I got 200 bucks for free that I forgot about even having, but it was actual stock that they put in my name. So they were holding wow. on to it. And I was like, wow, and travel zoo is still around. I, I just assumed everything was going to go out of business by then. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. So that better than a sharp stick in the eye, right? Yeah. And I did nothing for it. I just signed up to get more junk mail. Uh, it's going to happen anyway. It. Right. I was worth it. <laughs> so talking about Killington, Killington is on the Icon Pass. Next couple stories are all about passes. Mm. So how about this? New perks and higher prices come with next season's Icon Pass. I just switched the order here, so yeah, can grab the Epic one next. So we got some minor access changes. So this Epic or the Icon Pass, nothing much changed too much on it. They did raise the price: one hundred and ten more dollars on the full pass and sixty for the base. New access for Taos Ski Area and some partnerships that might help you recoup some of the extra dough you're about to part with. 
So passes go on sale March 16th. We're recording this on the 13th. Next couple of days, it's coming out. So Taos is moving off of the Icon Base and will only be available on the full Icon Pass and Icon Base Plus. Why would you, I just don't understand the naming? Like, why do you have a base and a base plus? Like, just call yeah, that's it weird. different things. You know, that's I'm just, just over plus. You got plus everything. You know, you got outside plus. You got Apple plus. You got everything's a plus. Yeah, it's a plus. It's not a plus. Just the same thing. Give it a different name. All right. So the resort will no longer be requiring reservations next season. But then again, Deer Valley will start to require reservations. So the full pass is going up to $1,159 as a new purchaser. That's the full pass. It's $1,059 if you are a returning pass holder. And the hmm. base pass will be $829, $779 for renewal, which is up $60. Bucks. Altera is padding the increase with some new partnerships next season, including discounts from North Face and Smith. Also included in next year's pass is free outside plus. You get mm. another plus. Lots of pluses here. Lots of plus. You can watch Warren Miller movies. That's pretty cool. Good news for pass holders who want to take advantage of what's sure to be an incredible spring season. Spring access is back with skiing and riding and ski resorts starting on March 16th. Two more on April 3rd and another five on April 10th. Hmm. Pretty cool. So you're getting Big Bear, Copper, Eldora, June, Mammoth, Palisade Tahoe, Snowshoe, Snow Valley, Solitude, Steamboat, Stratton, Sugarbush, and Winter Park. You're getting Blue Mountain, Ontario, and Tremblant in Canada. And then limited access, no blackouts in the U.S., Alta Snowbird, A-Basin, Aspen Snowmass, Mount Bachelor, Big Sky, Boyne Highlands, Boyne Mountain, Brighton, Crystal Mountain, Deer Valley, Jackson Hole, Pico, Killington, Loon, Schweitzer, Snow Basin, Snowbird, my Snowbird's here twice, Sugarloaf, Sun Valley, Sunday River, The Summit at Snoqualmie, Taos, and Wyndham. Canada, Cypress, Panorama, Revelstoke, Ski Big Three, and Red. Now, International. Now, if you're an international traveler, the Icon has some very tasty European resorts. Chamonix Mont Blanc, Dolomite mm. Super Ski, Grand Valera in Andorra. Boom. Ooh. Taking it over, maybe. Kitzbühel. Well, Dolomite Super Ski, that's um, Cortina, which is 24 Olympics are there, aren't there? 26. 26. They had them sir. last year, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So Niseko and Lota Arai in Japan, probably butchered the pronunciation, sorry. <laughs> Threadbow, Valley Nevado, Mount Bueller, Mount Buller. It says Mr. Bueller. I don't know. That's like a joke, like a Ferris Bueller reference. Bueller. Zermatt Ooh. and Coronet Peak, the Remarkables, Mount Hoot. <laughs> so there's some, there's some serious heavyweight resorts there international yeah. on the icon pass so if that's your jam if that works for you march 16th get on there and make it happen boom and now what's going on in epic land there mario so epic passes uh they just went on sale uh and there's no spring skiing for 23 
to end out this season buying early, which I guess people are asking for and speculating. Uh, but anyway, they did go on sale. They said really not much has changed except for the fact that it went up uh, about 8%. Uh, and there's new mobile pass technology. So other than that, uh, nothing really else has changed. I mean, same resorts. Um, and then you just have to look at the different passes for you know, blackouts versus non-blackouts. Um, and then the limit of, of number of times you can go number of days at each, each resort. So depending on the pass you get, they have different, different things. They even have the local pass, the Epic local. So. Yeah. The only kind of big things there was that Telluride, which offers seven days on the full pass will require reservations for next season. Telluride Mm -hmm. not available on the Epic local. Also, Decentis Swiss Resort connected to Andermatt is now included in the Epic Pass. Ah, so Andermatt, Andermatt, Decentis, Decentis, Decentis. He's skiing. He's bringing skiing to Florida. Ronnie D has a resort. All right, <laughs> Ronnie D. Ronnie D. And since we're talking passes, we got one more final pass story to talk about and this is probably the the biggest one of them big changes coming to the indie pass the alternative to the epic and the icon so the indie pass was the independent ski areas answer to the epic and icon mega passes but current pass shareholders are likely current pass holders are unlikely to notice much of a shakeup so it was announced last week that the indie pass was being sold, which is kind of interesting. Boom. That's a big deal. Yeah. It was being sold to N- Entebini, Entebini Systems, which is a ski area software company founded by a lover of independent ski areas who just happened to have the bandwidth to develop such a system in 2019. Hmm. So Entebeni Systems owner Eric Morganson is 36 years old with a deep background in skiing that includes a stint working as an instructor for Vail Resorts, an experience he said motivated him to focus on independent <laughs> skiing operations. Wow. He started Entebeni Systems in 2016, met IndyPass founder Doug Fish in 2019 on a cold call, and both had the realization that some serious tech was needed to help IndyPass push back against the mega passes. Morganson said Entebeni, which is based in Grand County, happened to be in the right place in 2019 to take on the Indy Pass project, which he described as being a non-commercial project. Hmm. Wow. We had huge passion for helping independent ski areas, and we were already down the road on building different systems that would align from a technical and personal purpose standpoint. As proof of, pra- uh, proof of passion for independent ski areas, Morganson points to a 2004 letter to the editorial published in the Buffalo News, which he penned at age 16 following the close of Ski Tamarack in Western New York. Hmm. Words, quote, words cannot do justice to the feelings of so many in Western New York after the closing of Ski Tamarack, Morganson wrote. I grew up at Tamarack taking my first turns at age of three. Anyone who has been there knows that it was not the skiing that made it special. It was the people, the ski patrol that had been there for three generations, the ski school that taught so many in Western New York how to make those first tough turns, and most of all, the family that ran it. Nice. 
So yeah, so Mr. Doug Fish announced that he sold the company to Entebeni Systems. Uh, so he said the difficult, so this is from, um, again, from Morganson. He said, it's been difficult to keep skiing affordable for families. We really worked hard to keep the base pass under 300 and the Indy Plus under 400. And Doug Fish deserves a lot of credit for being part of that push. Um, they made a decision too to limit total passes. So in a personal letter to all pass holders, Morganson furthered the point by saying the Indy Ski Pass has done a remarkable job promoting independent on authentic snow sports experience, but we are also reasonable for preserving those experiences. We will never put promotion ahead of preservation. Because of that, Indy Pass will the Indy Pass will limit pass sales for the coming season offering our current pass holders an opportunity to renew first. Several other small changes will take place as well. A 3% service fee assessed in the final moments of purchase have been eliminated. A $10 physical RFID pass, something the Indy Pass had managed to avoid, will now be offered as a way to speed up the redemption process. An old-fashioned version of pass insurance once ski areas have long offered to pre-purchasers who show up to the ticket window on crutches will now come with the Indy Pass. We will not be trying to upgrade or upsell anyone into injury pass insurance, he wrote. If you have an accident that keeps you from being on snow, just let us know and we'll do the right thing by supporting you with a refund. 22, 23 Indy Pass holders received the first crack at renewal last week. A quickly growing waiting list has been formed for all newcomers. Pass sales will open to the waiting list on March 24th. And a payment plan is being offered. Another touch Morganson and Entebeni Systems is proud to provide. It comes out to less than 35 bucks per month when spread over eight payments. Nice. So that's big news. So if you're an existing Indy Pass holder... You probably need to start buying up before March 24th because that's when all the other the uh, Mon- Mongols at the gate are going to be let in and you may lose your chance to get one because they are limiting the numbers. Wow. One other comment that Doug said in his email is uh, right now they're at, what, 139 resorts. He said, we could be up to 160 by the time next season starts out. Wow. <sighs> So this is this is big news. And you know, Mario, you and I, we really got to do some some fun indie pass skiing this year. So we, did. we understand how great this pass is, what sort of opportunities it presents, and what a great value it is. You go what four or five days, you've pretty much paid for your pass. So Yeah, it's pretty it's cool good to see what they're doing. You know, it, it was almost too good to be true for a while. And, you know, it's it's not that it's changing dramatically in that regard, but it is going to be a little a little harder to get because of that. You know, and I, I think that's that's probably a good move for a lot of places. Um, I know Magic Mountain up in Vermont, they were saying that they limited the number of Indie Pass sales on weekends. And they had some really good some of the last couple of weekends and they were maxed out. I think it was maybe 100 or 150. Because they too, they don't want to, they don't want to create a worse ski experience for their season pass holders, and that that is an extremely smart and noble way to handle it. So, I mean, 
what more could you ask for as an indie pass holder i mean you know it's it's not like it's a great deal but it's not like it's you don't want to screw everybody over that's that's kind of the big thing that they you know doug and uh and tabani systems is trying to keep in play is that they don't want the resorts to feel like it's a a negative thing to have the indie pass they want it to be mutually beneficial and i think what they're doing is it's kind of smart yeah it's a good deal we'll see what uh what they come up with indeed all right so that wraps up the ski news and now we are on to our main topic and as i have said several times already the main topic is my family's recent trip to greek peak new york oh now we did this the week after mario and i were in new hampshire so that was the second week in february conveniently and i don't really know why but i think it's kind of awesome my the town i live in my son's school they do their president's week vacation the week before everybody else does and it is our belief that they do that for ski purposes nice. so people can go out and they can go get their you know go skiing when it's not as crowded which is weird because then the kids have school on president's day so whatever it's a huge benefit it so works we took advantage of it oh do they if, know do they know the presidents even who cares right they'll figure them out eventually right figure it out so it worked out really great for us the problem was the weather oh if you remember probably don't but because it's been so good lately we're not even talking about the old you know back in in february because you think like mid-february northeast it's going to be cold from virginia all the way up to maine and wherever you go is going to be great yeah and as i've talked about in the podcast before we did a season pass at bear creek out in mccungy pennsylvania They have been doing God's work keeping snow on the trails out there because it's been rough. Like they just have been just below the snow line. And our plan was to actually go there for a couple of days. We had our passes. We're going to stay at the hotel there. But it was just too warm. Like it was bad. So I threw something together last minute. I was like, okay, where can we go that's within a reasonable driving distance? It had to be under four hours because... Two little kids cannot deal with a longer drive than that. Oh, yeah. Under four hours and preferably on the Indy Pass. So I looked, what were my options? I was Montage Mountain in Pennsylvania. I'm like, that's just, it's, I could just, the conditions aren't that different from where it is at Bear Creek. Shawnee, I already did a day. Again, I'm already, I'm still not that far up in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Vermont magic. That's just too far for this trip. So I saw good old Greek peak and I'm like, yeah, hmm, Greek you know, peak. I haven't been out that way in quite a while. Let's, let's just make it happen. So I booked this, I think on Friday and we were going up there Sunday, Sunday through Tuesday. So this was a, a quick, quick booking. So looking at the location. So, if anybody knows, like all the SUNY schools are right around there. So there's a SUNY Cortland, uh, which that is about, what, an hour south of Syracuse? Yeah, I'd say about that. 
It's not far from Ithaca and Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen, do they still have a NASCAR race there? Last time I checked, they did. Binghamton's not too far. So it's kind of like in the middle of all those schools and, and not too far from Cooperstown. Not far from Cooperstown. Yeah, so it was cool. So for us, it was it was a shade under four hours to drive. And we actually drove up on Super Bowl Sunday. Because oh, wow. if you have not skied on Super Bowl Sunday or the day after, friends, you are missing out because people aren't skiing for the most part. And that was always one of the best parts about skiing up in Vermont when the Patriots were really good because people would be home getting ready oh, for yeah. the Pats game. They they're wouldn't out there be. skiing with their Brady jersey. Out there <laughs> skiing with their Brady jersey until like noon and then they're gone. And then the they're next gone. day, they're all wicked hammered and hung over. So they're not I going know. skiing. Wicked hammered on fireball. I can't go skiing. Yeah, so it was great. So that was always the move. That was, I mean, I, I did that for most of the 2010s because the Patriots were in the Super Bowl most of the 2010s in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Wow. But we went up to Greek Peak. We made the drive. Um, and again, because I booked it the last minute, we couldn't stay at the nice hotel the last, like both nights. So we stayed in Cortland the first night. And so as a someone who travels with children, this is what our, our logic was. My daughter still naps. So we left as she started her nap around noon. We drove. My son watched two movies, mm. iPad, two movies. Perfect. My daughter watched. She woke up halfway through, watched the second one. So four hours was doable in that regard. So we got there around like four or five o'clock to the hotel and we stayed in Cortland. We found a Fairfield Inn. The most important thing at the hotel, indoor pool. Wow. Now nice. they're, they're locked in a car for four hours. You got to get some of that energy out somehow. They're going to be antsy, jonesing, sitting around. So we went to the pool for like half an hour, 40 minutes, let them swim around, tire themselves out. Went into Cortland, downtown Cortland, which, hey, if you haven't been there, it's a very typical, like, not, I guess, northeast college town. Nice. It has the main drag. I had no idea what to expect, to be honest, because I'd never been up there. And, you know, very typical northeast college town. And again, it was Super Bowl Sunday, so you saw a lot of kids kind of going to house parties, carrying their kegs, carrying, not really kegs, you know, 24 packs of White Claw, Bud Light, whatever. But we found a restaurant. I just was looking on Yelp, trying to figure out, like, where are we going to go eat? Like, there was like an Applebee's. Like, I didn't want to do that. I wanted something at least a little... A little more unique. local. A little unique. Yeah. Yeah. So we found a place called Harry Tony's. All right. Which... It was cool. It was cool, but weird. It was a Irish pub, not like a, like an English style pub. Huh. They closed at eight o'clock on a Sunday. Now it may have been open a little bit longer for the Super Bowl. I cannot confirm or deny that because we were already out of there right. at that point. But the place, like it had, like the it was recommended because it had really good food, and huh. it was just surprising i guess maybe i got i didn't know again what to harry expect tony's, huh? harry tony's wow and it's funny because they had a dish on there and i showed it to my you know my wife before we went there <laughs> it was a uh, crazy caruso's pizza all right and it's funny because 
my wife's maiden name is Caruso. So she, of course, got a huge kick out of that. And we ended up just, you know, we told that to the uh, the waitress. And again, it's one of those places like when you talk to the people, like they're they're super friendly, like you know, really cool. So my wife tells that to the, the waitress. The waitress tells the owner. The owner comes over, starts talking to us for like 15 minutes. And it turns out like, you know, he grew up in uh, the Bronx. And his last name is Caruso. He's Anthony Caruso. Thus, you know, his, his father is Anthony Caruso too. And his father's crazy. So he's crazy Tony. Nice. So he's crazy the crazy Tony. Tony of, you know, the crazy Caruso of at Harry Tony's. So we end up just talking and turns out this guy, the owner, Anthony, he is from the Bronx, like Andrea, my wife's parents from the Bronx, but he went to school out in Cortland and, you know, I think he said he stayed there since the 76 or 77 when he graduated and wow, ended up opening this restaurant, which is pretty cool. And again, the food was, was really, really good. And I mean, it wasn't really, it was not really pub fair. It was, I mean, they obviously had that kind of stuff, but then they had some kind of like funky, really good main dishes. So I got the, I'm looking it up right now. So I get it right. The pad, no, was it the pad thai? No, it wasn't the pad thai. It was similar. Dun, dun, dun. It was like a short rib noodle thing. Hmm. And I got to find it here. A short rib noodle thing. It was like a short rib noodle bowl. <clears throat> oh, that sounds good. Dude, it was amazing. Like, it was really, really good. Oh. Old Crazy Caruso's Pizza. Yeah, that's on the menu there. I, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's some kind of. So food was good. The kids enjoyed the food. Was it like, kid yeah, family? I mean, the kids, they had, you know, stuff for kids. They had, what did they have? Like I think just quesadillas, something crazy. They shared some stuff. Cool. And by then again, we're all kind of starving, obviously, because it yeah. was, you know, that kind of thing. Good beers on draft. Super Bowl was on. We kind of like, we're half paying attention to it. Nice. Back to the hotel, you know, did our thing. And I will tell you the Fairfield, in in Cortland's breakfast was not as good as the Fairfield Inn in Plymouth, New Hampshire. In case you're mm. a Fairfield Inn connoisseur and you're comparing, they did not have the little waffles. The B rating versus an A rating. See, that's the difference. The one in Plymouth, waffles. man, it took care of all of my needs. Yeah, those little waffles, the blueberry, like it was. It was they had fruit. They had, they had it all. Eggs, everything. We checked all the boxes. Checked them all. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, we, uh, we, you know, just went there. We, it was weird because we watched, because I'd never, we haven't really done like a family trip at a hotel. Huh. So we just don't do it. Like we just, we don't go, we don't really do that yet because my yeah. daughter being like a little, it's a real big pain. So we, uh, you know, got back to the hotel, got the kids all, you know, bathed up and showered and in bed and, Pretty much had the halftime show on for the Super Bowl, read the kids a book, turned off the TV, and went to bed. We nice. all just went to bed at halftime of the Super Bowl. That's right. You don't even know who won. It I saw matter. the Eagles were winning. I didn't find out till lunch the next day that the Chiefs won. Because I was in my head, I was like, God damn it, the Eagles won. I'm like, uh, how does my life change? What is the difference? Who cares? It doesn't see? really matter. And I found out the Chiefs won. I'm like, all right, the Chiefs won. Because like, my life is better. Suddenly, you know, my life is better. Exactly. 
So then drove up to uh, from Cortland. I mean, it was maybe a 15 minute drive to the resort from there. It was really not far at all, which is great. Little kind of like windy road. We got out there and it's uh, I mean, it's not a huge, huge mountain. I think it's got about 952 vertical. 2000 feet at the top, 1100 base elevation. So we went there and, you know, we skied for the day. Again, trouble was it was probably like 40 some degrees that day. It was not cold. Yeah, but, but at least it's good for the kids, right? They're not well, freezing. That's that's kind of the thing what made it nice is it wasn't that cold. So the kids were able to go out there. You know, my daughter, she's going to, she's two. So they had a great little bunny hill all the way to um, kind of skiers right. Uh, lookers left at the bottom. We we lapped that maybe four or five times, and my wife and I switched. It's called the it's the Alpha. I think Alpha was the name of the trail. Again, not everything was open because I think it was maybe half open at the time because of the lack of snow. And I'm looking on here, and there's some like really cool looking glade runs that were just not open because of the lack of snow. Oh, really? Yeah, we kind of we kind of had to stay on the main runs. Which, um, if you look at, if you, if you can see the, the trail map of the place, you know, it's kind of that, that similar V shape, like a Waterville Valley where everything kind of filters into the same area, but they do have a whole kind of offshoot glade on the, um, skiers right section, which looked really cool. I mean, it's funny cause you drive down the road when you're leaving the place and you see a trail. If you're like, "Whoa, what's that over here?" You're like, "Oh, that's that other trail that's still part of the mountain, but it's like way off to the side." Hmm. And the main section, which doesn't include that off to the uh, the side part, is mostly open for night skiing too, except for the glades, which is pretty cool. So they do a lot of night skiing there. They do a lot of youth programs, a lot of schools. There was a, the Tuesday we were there. There were tons of kids there doing lessons, and you know, must have been some kind of you know, class school program. Cause they're probably all around, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. A lot right. of kids were out there, but we did, uh, you know, everything that was open and we mostly hung on that, uh, the lift f- kind of far lookers, right. Skiers left. The, the Iliad is over there on the Odyssey. Oh, that one, the number one lift, the number one lift. Yeah. We'd go over and do, uh, the blue, I guess it's Elysian fields. And there's a oh, green, yeah. uh, Corellius way we did that yeah. a lot i mean were the that, blacks open or the double blacks at all the the singles were the iliad and odyssey were and mm. my son wanted to go on the black and my all wife right. was there with him so i'd taken him around a couple runs i was skiing with my daughter he wanted to he wanted to ski with mom so they went up there and first he did the, we did the greens a bunch the curliest way and mm-hmm. he, he uh, decided he's wanted to do a black and it's pretty steep there, but he uh, he ran into some problems and he was kind of like getting upset. And someone actually like said from the chairlift down to my wife, she's like, oh, maybe you should take him on something a little less steep. Hmm. And it's like, why don't you mind your own yeah. goddamn business, grandpa? Watch a chair and shut the hell up. How about that old man yeah. before I break your hip? That's right. But he got down. You know, he was able to do it and he wanted to do it again. So that was cool. Yeah, he's been doing a couple blacks here on his own. I mean, he's five, so it's great seeing him kind of push himself a little bit. Yeah, it depends his mood too. You know, kids are so just, you know, 
Jekyll and Hyde that you never know what, what kind of kid you're going to get on, on what day. But we got out there and, you know, we, uh, we had fun. It was a great family mountain. I found a little bit of history on Greek Peak, too, which I thought was pretty cool. It's been open since 1958 and was founded by members of the Cortland Ski Club. Huh. Nice. New, New, New York's Governor William Averill Harriman, who developed Idaho's famous Sun Valley Resort and Ski Mountain, conducted the opening day ceremonies for the resort. Wow. And they had some tea bars that were constructed. Like Harriman State Park is a huge park. That's, that's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then one thing they talk about too, and it's funny because the trails are all Greek names, you know? Yeah. So you have yeah, like cool. Zeus and Hercules and Atlas and Aesop's Glade. Like there's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, a Trojan. Like a nice, what's that? Hey, oh, Trojan. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure there's been some stuff going on there. I'm sure stuff was going down on Trojan. Trojan man. Trojan man. Yeah. So it's cool. And I, I get it. Again, I wish we could have skied more of it. I wish it was open. But, you know, again, we, we played the hand we were dealt. And another reason why we chose this place was that the they have a relatively new, and within the last you know, 10 or 15 years, they built the Hope Lake Lodge, which is right across the street from the resort it's a fractional ownership condo and hotel and inside there they have an indoor water park oh which so monday we drove from Cortland. we skied maybe you know three four hours also too they have that pub um the tracks pub and grill that's right there they have a huge deck outside Oh, nice. And the deck was beautiful. Oh, you know, it's right at the bottom. You can look up the mountain, watch people skiing. Really, really great spot for for lunch or for an apres drink. So we were kind of hanging out there for a bit after lunch. Back to the hotel. Perfectly timed. The water park opened at four o'clock. Oh. Now, this was the Monday before President's Weekend, so the place was empty. Nice. After going back, kind of getting, you know, because we just had checked. You're getting fresh water at that point. You're not just getting pure urine. It's like, it's pretty good. There's some urine, just a little bit at that point. (laughs) But yeah, so so water park. So you're skiing all day. We checked in, went to the water park. It was perfect timing. It was open from like four to eight. So we went to the water park and we thought it'd be like an hour. We were there for like, I think it was like two and a half hours. It was so much fun. They had the big wave pool which is nice. great. They have one of those, they have an outdoor heated pool and you kind of like go in on the inside and you kind of swim under the thing and you're outside. So we did that. They had water slides. I think maybe like five of them. Hmm. I think five. Because my son is still, you know, he's, I'm going to see four feet tall. No, he's not, not even that, whatever he is. He definitely needed me to go on with him on, they had like the double tube rides. And it was cool because we got there at four o'clock. It's still light out. And it's one of those things where it kind of goes outside and then like kind of comes back around inside okay. and eventually you come out in the pool inside. And we did it. I mean, we would just go up and down, Like there was no line at all. So we just keep doing that. And then we just mother stuff and went back when it was dark and like it was, you were cruising, like we were flying, 
And it wasn't bad when it was light out, but when it was dark, it was actually a little scary because you're like, I don't know where we're going. Can't see. Like, yeah. Like you're just like holding on for dear life. Wow. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. They had a little uh, thing for little kids, like little slides. So like Leah could go on the little slides. She had an amazing time. We were in the wave pool for just doing that forever. Like they had like uh, basketball hoops, like in the water too. So you could play that. It was great. Cool. Like it was so much fun. And now I get why so many places have those indoor water parks at the ski resorts. Cause it's just such a great thing. If you know, say it's a crappy day, it's raining or it's not ski season. Like that's always going to be fun. So yeah. if you can do around. it on a Monday, that is not a holiday. Oh my God. We had, there was probably 28 people there. Wow. Like tops. That's pretty awesome. It was great. So that was a lot of fun. We went and ate at the restaurant downstairs. There, there isn't a ton of dining options. That's the one thing that's a little bit tricky there. Because like I said, you're you're about 15 minutes from Cortland. There's that uh, tracks, which is actually at the mountain. And then across the street where the hotel is, they have this steakhouse, which I guess is relatively new. Mm. And we yeah. ate there. And now... The downside of having such a long, fun day is you're skiing, you're going to the water park, we're all showered up, we go to, to get dinner. We're used to where we live, fast service. <laughs> Monday night, up in, what's the name of the town? Cortland. It's kind of it's kind of Cortland, but I think it's like a different name. Maybe it is considered Cortland. They were not having the fastest service. So we're like, it was like 15 minutes before our waitress came over and we are dying. We are starving. Wow. These kids are getting pissed off. My son's like falling asleep on the, the, as I say, probably falling asleep. Yeah. So that was, that was the only kind of negative downside. The food was good. It wasn't amazing. It was good. And then the next day we just did the same thing again. Nice. We, uh, like I said, we got breakfast. They, they don't have, a ton of stuff on a Monday or that was a Tuesday at that point open, but they have the little Starbucksy breakfast sandwich place to buy beer. We got our breakfast. We skied for a bu- you know, as long as we could, maybe till like one o'clock went to that tracks pub and grill, which again, that's a cool spot too, for, um, for getting lunch or for doing apre. Nice. Got a pretty good beer. I forget what I got. I got, I think it was main lunch I had there which was good. Had an elk burger, which was delicious. So I got some cool menu options there, a little bit different, you know, the standard stuff, but with a little twist. Hmm. And then we made the drive back home and it took us, you know, about again, four hours, which, you know, you kind of know what you're in for at that point. Two movies for my son. My daughter slept halfway nice. and watched one movie and we were back home. So again, a fun spot. Having the water park is big. That's a really nice feature. I wish we could have explored more of the mountain if it was open, if there was more snow. I know they, they're getting hit with this nor'easter that's hitting, and they have been getting snow the last couple of weeks, which is great. So, Because people yeah. were kind of like, you know, it was mid-February, but people were kind of like, uh, I don't know how long we can keep what we have usable snow-wise. But luckily, Miracle March is playing out as we hoped, and I'm sure they're going to have a great, end of the season there so it's a cool spot and if you are having indie pass and you're in that area within four hours definitely worth taking a trip you know you can now size wise like if everything's open 
What do you compare the size of that place maybe to? I mean, it's probably like similar to the Poconos, maybe like a Camelback. Uh, definitely okay. way different layout. Maybe like a Blue Mountain-ish. All right. I would say. Worth the trip? <clears throat> Train-wise? If you're doing it, if you got a family and you're within four hours, I think it's definitely worth a trip. Oh, nice. And what's cool too is I can see this being fun in the summer because again, you have the water park if you want to do that. They have like the Adventure Center and they have a lot of other outdoor stuff they do there. Um, they host like weddings at that that place, which I think would be a pretty you know nice spot to get married at. They have um, they're by the Finger Lakes too, so if you really wanted to kind of bounce around and do some wine tasting, beer tasting, uh, yeah. go on the lakes, go to Watkins Glen, like there's a lot of other stuff you can do there. Very cool. So yeah, it was a cool spot. People nice. up there. The kids still talk about it. They love the water park. They uh, oh. they want to go back. So. That's a good thing. That's going to be like my kind of one of my new like add-ons to where I'm looking to go is to like, like what's what's the water park situation because that really yeah that really is a game changer for kids. Oh yeah, if you have kids, that's huge. Yeah, Jay Peak. Jay does it like Jay Peak. Yeah, it's a big deal. You got kids, you can entertain them if they don't. You know, you could even do every other day skiing if you wanted to. Do it for Stretch a week. Yeah, hundred percent. Kids are yeah. playing the water park in the pool all day, just about. Yeah, and they had tubing there too, if that was your thing. Nice. Um, I don't know if they had cross-country trails. I thought I read that there was something. Oh, they do, yeah. Behind it, like on the other side where the hotel was, they have Nordic trails back there around oh, nice. the lake, which is pretty cool. So that's an option too. That's pretty cool. So you got a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting like where it's located too, because again, you're, you're kind of Cortland there, which is kind of a town small city i guess you would call it and there really isn't much else around like it's pretty it's pretty isolated but people were all really friendly really nice uh cool to talk to and they have a good community there and it's just it's just funny too like the whole like greek thing because the the there's a condo complex across the street and again the same thing with the names everything is like all (laughs) you know greek and odyssey and iliad and the greek god names so it's it's That's cool funny. what they did there. But the Hope, the Hope Lake Lodge, like that hotel is beautiful, really nice. And uh, if you can stay there, I, I definitely recommend that because it makes it so convenient because you're right across the street. You can drive over or you can take the shuttle. Very <laughs> cool. Hey. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And you booked last minute, right? You said just about. <laughs> Absolutely. As last minute as possible. Booked it on a Friday for to go up there Sunday. <laughs> nice see that's good to know too like you know at least it's some place you could say look we got some time opened up let's go yeah and again it was a you know it was a monday tuesday so you're not really not really competing too much at that point which is great too yeah i know that's a good deal and like we always recommend if you can ski midweek <laughs> do it it'll make your life so much easier it'll be mm-hmm. so much more fun all right so we got the lodging we got the food and that's you know more do you need and again, yeah. with, when you do have good snow there, they got some really fun looking glade runs. Yeah, that one run Nemesis looks pretty cool. That looks like it's all glades. Yeah. It's Spartan. Yeah, they got a couple of fun ones up there. So next time we'll go, there'll be more snow, I believe. So we'll yeah. check those out. But it was a great time. Again, if you're within four hours, definitely recommend it. Very cool. Awesome. Cool. Got any any other uh, advice, tips, 
comments, hit us up, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's going to wrap up the podcast for the week. Thank you so much for checking us out. We are at skibonepodcast.com. Go to your favorite social media app, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Untapped. We are at Podcast. If you want to support the show, be a Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. We got the shop, skibonepodcast.com slash shop. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Teresia. Go there, teresia.com, Teresia Bum, 15% off. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluent. See you.